Previously on Starman, in issue number one, a riot rocks Opal City while an ailing Ted Knight recovers from a recent attack. The action forces Ted's son Jack to pick up Starman's cosmic rod and directly oppose the villainy he swore he'd never face. Is this his calling or his doom? Well, welcome everybody to the Starman Supper Club. My name is Jared. I am joined today by a guest, my co-host on the Spectacular Timeline, Devin. Welcome in. I'm excited to be here, man. Awesome. I'm glad we, we did one episode on uh, Punch the Timeline where we did cover Starman. That was issue zero. We promised we'd come back. I started it, and now here you are. And uh, I have to say, I'm I'm hooked. I think I texted you this whenever I finished this issue, and I was like, I see why you like it now. All right, let me get a quote from this issue to set things up. Got to keep telling myself I'm doing this only until everything's sorted in Opal. Not a moment longer. I'm not a hero. In no way. And even more, most definitely, I am not Starman. And that is how issue number two opens. Words by James Robinson. Pencils by Tony Harris. Inks by Wade Von Grobiger. And we're off. Jack Knight deciding not to run away. Deciding to fight. And putting together the iconic costume for the first time. I love this costume so much. Ah, oh, man. I, everything about it just it just screams like 30-year-old 30, 30 slacker. It's like everything I wanted to be when I was 16. It's true, though. But, like, if, to be honest, like, I'm almost 30, and I'm like, yeah, this is exactly how I would dress if I randomly got superpowers. I'd just be like, yeah, sure, heavy jacket, some, some strong boots. That'll, that, that'll work. Throw on, the, throw on the Cracker Jack badge. Get ready. And then he finds the goggles, which was that was one of my favorite parts of the series was or this issue is him putting yeah, on the, the quote of I wonder why dad never thought of this. Yeah, I love that. Jack is obviously not a hero. Jack is obviously he's been wounded. He's been attacked. He's had a family member murdered. He's had an attempt on his father, an attempt on him. And here he is not following superhero protocol and going around his apartment looking for stuff to throw together a costume so he can try and defend his father's honor and to help the city. It's definitely not going to stop a bullet, but it's better than nothing, I guess. Elsewhere in the book, um, we have a meeting between the shade and the mist, and you can clearly see that the mist is starting to slip mentally. He's just forgetting, like, he's calling the quote that shade does by the bard john the bastard from much ado uh, and uh he thinks it's hamlet and then he keeps slipping on dates and like how long they've known each other and then he forgets the fact that shade doesn't age there's just the panel with the shade and he's like starting to take a drink and just kind of freezes and then it's just him drinking it's like oh yeah just this is awkward so obviously the shade and the mist are collaborating on something when Jack, when we come back to Jack, he's fighting his way through the rooftops because he's not obviously a superhero and they're waiting for him because they knew he'd come back to his apartment. Uh, shows off his martial arts training and... In a daring rooftop escape. The thing I love about this book is when the seeds are planted, you don't know sometimes that they're being planted. There's a moment in this battle when he freezes... And he says he smells sea salt, lime, and caraway seed. Planted seed. 
there's a brief glimpse of something off panel or in a panel in the shadows, but we don't see it. In fact, if I'm correct, it doesn't get addressed until issue 30 and 31. Wow. Now back to Jack on the rooftop and he can encounters the miss daughter Nash and she's got him dead rights gun right to him. This could have been the end of the book. This could have been the end of Jack's story, but she lets him go. Cause he asks her, why is she doing it? And it's basically because his dad and her dad are mortal enemies. But then he asks why she's doing it. One thing I did notice about the art is if you look at, especially with the pages with, with Nash is like, if you look at her nose, you'll see where the pencil or the ink like goes past where her nose should be. There's like a sharpness and it happens a couple of times in this book. And I wonder if that's a, a personal choice or just a, the art is still coming together. If that's the worst part of it though, like the art's still really good. Agreed. Uh, with Jack getting away from, from Nash, he runs and tries to find a place just to rest to get out of the open. Jack goes into the, the shop that has appeared out of nowhere. It's a fortune teller, and this is when we first meet Charity. Charity is a major player in this book, and you don't even know it yet. And remember how I said when there are seeds planted? There are seeds planted here that have not been resolved. I figured that she would be an important character just because it seems like Hey, the shop that came out of nowhere, a fortune teller that mysteriously ran away from some other place to try and go somewhere else. And then she just is like, I'm going to, by the way, I'm uh, going to tell you something. Here's what she tells him. The mantle you wish to shake is unshakable. Mr. I am not Starman. Did you know that you're not going to get out of this? I'm just going to hit the highlights here. I see you in the east, the far east. You're at a burial and there's a... There's a blessing and needles and paint there too. That, my friends, is the storyline that they proposed just a year or two ago to DC. And DC said, no, thank you. What? If you read... They were going to bring Starman back this way? They were going to... They proposed a one-shot, like a probably a 48-pager or something. So wait, if they were shooting that to DC, does that mean that this never happens? Yeah. That is big sad. John Trumbull, and I hope I said that right... As a writer for the uh, magazine Back Issue, he did an interview with James Robinson and Tony Harris. It's a great interview. It's a great magazine. And they the, the cover art, and I'll shoot you the DM real quick so you can see it. The cover art was the unused cover for that story that was just referenced. I just sent it to Mike by accident. I'm sorry. <laughs> there we go. Oh, my God. God, that would be awesome. What? That looks so freaking cool. I uh, I agree. So that is unresolved. Um, I'm upset. As you should be. Back to Charity's predictions. You'll go into space, deep outer space. There are other worlds out there. You'll go to one of them, and you'll hate every minute of it. This happens. A winged man will come to Opal City. He knew your father, and yet he didn't. At that, at that point... It's vague. Even I can't make sense of it. That was supposed to be Hawkman. That's what I figured. It does not happen. Oh my God. There's a moment in the, in the later books when he talks to her and she said that the, that she says that the Hawkman thing might not happen. Mm. And then she says, you'll have a night at the circus like none other. And she is right. 
The seeds have been planted. Several seeds have been planted in this book. This storyline is just building the book. I love to watch world building. And that's what's happening here. The picture starts like this. And it slowly starts to get bigger. And by the end, you have everything. Things start to come full circle. Moving on, Jack and Ted are having a conversation about how Jack needs a new cosmic rod. And there, there's a couple of uh, references here that you might not have caught. When he says that there isn't another cosmic rod, and then he's like, wait, there is another. I made two of this version. One got broken. It was 1950, the first week of Washington. That is a reference to the Golden Age. That's kind of what I figured. Which, I did notice that. I figured that was talking about back when he first became Starman. No, like the book, The Golden Age. Oh, the book, The Golden Age. Which is written by James Robinson, which is a very uh, dark look at the end of the Justice Society. Because mm. in, in, in continuity, I believe they came up with a reason for them to stop being heroes is that uh, McCarthyism and everybody just rather than unmask, just retire. And it was the story of, I won't even go into it. That's an episode we can do because if you, oh, the ending is just. Oh, I like endings. Ted realizes that he does have some stuff and he has, he will send Jack to get the missing cosmic rod and tells him, Hey, there's a costume in there as well. I bet he wears it. I bet he doesn't. All right. Bet. Do you want to pay me now or later? <laughs> I'll pay you in comic books from the 80s. Uh, we go back to the shade and the mist having their conversation. Uh, they're coming to an agreement about something. And then it quickly comes back to Jack discovering his dad's storage area and wondering why his dad didn't tell him about this. And knowing good and well why his dad didn't tell him because Jack's a junk collector. He would have taken all of it and yeah. he would have kept some of it and sold some of it. But this is the time when Jack... Oh, man, he finds the costume and says he's not going to wear it. He finds the cosmic staff, and then he flies away. And there's an inappropriate joke in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, you're, when you're talking about cosmic rods, I mean, I think that's yeah. just to, like, take the piss out of it. But I, I have to admit, I like the uh, the staff look better than the, the wand look. Yeah, and it, it makes more sense for battle. Oh, yeah. Because you're... You can get, you're not going to bonk people on the top of the head with the, with the rod. When you like, with the staff, you can get into a better. Sweep the leg. Yeah. And uh, there are moments in the book that I don't want to get too spoilery, but he starts to like link it to his mind and he can use what? it short distance. Like telekinesis style? Yeah. The evolution of a oh, hero. that's freaking awesome. Back to Ted in the hospital and Ted is just deep in thought. And that's the, that's the. The thing about it is, as he's talking, his inner monologue, knowing that David should have never been Starman. Is it just the love of your son and not wanting to disappoint him? Plus, you have, I mean, if he knew that David wasn't going to be a hero or shouldn't have been Starman, then why did you let him? Yeah. Is it because it's Jack, like, is it because Jack didn't want it? It's like he was settling. Ted on Jack. I remember the night you were born, your mother holding you in her arms. Our son will be an artist, she said. But I looked into your eyes and I knew your destiny. Then and there, I looked into your baby face and I knew you'd be a hero. And as poignant as that moment is, it's interrupted by what the shade and the mist had been talking about. The shade appears in the room. He kidnapped Ted. He's quick to note that he could have killed everyone in this room. And he tells Matt O'Dare, I could have killed you, 
and I was supposed to remember that. He says that several times. I'm taking the Elder Knight, but you could have lost your lives. Remember that and tell Jack Knight. Shade was reluctant. Definitely a fear tactic kind of thing going there. Or is it? Or is it? And that leads to Jack having a discussion with the Mist and his son. And you know what's happening. This issue ends with Jack realizing that he has to be a hero. And the battle is coming. This story, this arc is about to hit its climax. And that is the end of Starman number two. How did you it feel? Awesome awesome picture awesome splash page of jack holding the cosmic staff knowing what he's got to do with the awesome logo how did you feel about this issue uh this issue i felt like was i mean i literally texted you when i was done with that i was like i see why you like this comic so much because like after zero i was like all right it's okay first one i was like okay they're planting a little bit more stuff and then this one was like all right now things are really kind of starting to kick into gear. I really don't have any complaints. I thought it was all very, very good. Really, I like his design, like Jack's design itself that they've done. I like the fact that it is it is Starman, but it's not the same Starman. And it, it's really good at differentiating between the two in terms of not just personality of the character, but even just the design of the character itself. Yes. And uh, it's Jack kind of going... He doesn't want to be the hero, but he knows that he has to do what he has to do. Scale of 1 to 10, how would you score this, 10 being the highest? Uh, I'd probably give it a 9. I would also give it a 9. The story is progressing very well. Uh, the art is still not not quite tight, but that's the littlest that's the littlest nitpickiest thing I can say because I've read forward, and I know that there is a certain point in this book where the the artists, the, like Tony Harris and Wayne Vaughn-Grabberger, just they become an art team, and then it's just like this book is hitting its peak and just taking off. This, like I said, it's, it's a very, very slow burn. But my gosh, when we get to the next issue, it's going to be epic. Starman number three, released November twenty second, nineteen ninety four. To save his father's life, Starman must again face the Son of the Mist, each armed with one of Ted Knight's stellar energy weapons. The two combatants battle in the night sky over Opal City to the death. Meanwhile, the Shade reveals his own agenda, shifting the balance of power in the city. And that is what we will cover next time on the Starman Supper Club. I want to thank you for listening. Come back next time, and we'll learn some more. Devin, thanks for being here. I can't wait to be back for the next one. All right, we'll see you next time.